Next on BYU Sports Nation, the new trio of BYU football assistants have spoken. The first team meeting, recruiting Taysom Hill again, and BYU throwing to the tight ends? Two of those assistants join us today. The coordinators, Ty Detmer and Elisa Tuiaki, join us live in Studio B. Plus, BYU receivers coach, now a former BYU coach, and Jimmer Fredette in a showcase. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is good, everyone? BYU Sports Nation back to work live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, January 6th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with off-the-block top 10 Media voter, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, there's a new uh, media poll for men's volleyball. or there, there isn't one at all, so there will be one starting next week. Off the block, if you like men's volleyball and you follow BYU, who's number one in the country, uh, and a little bit of news with that team in a minute. We'll, we'll tell you that in headlines. But uh, starting Monday, there will be a poll released that I am voting on, so that'll be fun. In I'm your, not going to vote BYU number one every week. I was going to say, in, for your, now, they're number in one. your entirely unbiased opinion right now. I don't have an unbiased opinion about BYU women's volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I? Because you're a media voter in the off-the-block no, top ten poll. No, I'll be fair to the situation. If BYU's the number one team, I'll vote them number one. If BYU wins uh, both this week, they'll stay number one. With all of the research that you've done, and it has been extensive. Well, off-the-block does a lot of the research. Is BYU, is BYU deserving of the preseason number one ranking? Yes, they are. There were a lot of weapons lost from a lot of the good teams last year. Loyola lost both their outside hitters who won the national championship. Uh, Stanford lost a bunch of their – Irvine lost the MPSF player of the year. BYU brings back a lot of weapons, including Ben Patch. So it's going to be fun. Friday night, season opener against Loyola, number three versus number one. It's going to be it's going to be dynamite. If you're in the area and you haven't been to a BYU men's volleyball match, come check it out. If you haven't even watched one. Try it. It's it an is, experience. It is very fun. Yeah. And BYU is very good. More of Jerem Jordan, his mustache, and Steve Vale yes, on which, Friday. Which is a miracle that he's there. It's going to be great. He's had poor health. He's going to be there. I can't tell you how happy I am. And I went to men's volleyball practice yesterday. All the players were asking me, who's going to call the game with you? And I said, Steve. And they said, what? That's great. So everyone's very excited about that. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The three new BYU assistant coaches met with the media yesterday afternoon. We'll give you the best and most prominent things they said in just a few moments. According to Sports Illustrated, and now the University of Utah has made it official, Guy Holiday is the new receivers coach at Utah. What a hire for the Utes. Nicely done, and uh, we'll see who BYU brings in as the new guy to replace him. All caps tweets! I'll miss that. (laughs) Senior setter Tyler Heap of BYU men's volleyball has left the number one ranked team Sophomore Leo Durkin expected to make his first career start for the Cougars, and why not do it against the back-to-back defending national champions? Sean Olmstead's first game, a new era of BYU men's volleyball season opener, Smithfield House. Uh, no pressure. By the way, Leo Durkin's sister married Chris Collinsworth, who was the older brother of Kyle Collinsworth. Random connection there, okay? Family ties. It's BYU. It happens, right? Today's the NBA D-League Showcase. It's the start of that. The Westchester Knicks play the Texas Legends at 3 Eastern in Santa Cruz, California. Jimmer Fredette, uh, among D-League prospects, is ranked number three right now. Let's go Dubs! <laughs> That's what they call themselves. Yeah, the, the Dub Knicks. Ben Stiller <laughs> and Floyd Mayweather will be watching very closely. They've been at games this year. How <laughs> random is that? Rise and shout, everyone. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football coach speak. The three new assistants for the Cougar football program all spoke for the first time yesterday in a public forum, a media roundtable, and I mean that at least to a degree in a literal sense. Assistant head coach Ed Lamb, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, and new offensive coordinator and BYU Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer all addressed members of the media and were peppered with questions from that anxious group of reporters. So what did we learn? What are our takeaways? Better yet, what did you take away from those conversations. Which is our Twitter question. What was the biggest thing that jumped out to you from the BYU assistance media availability? Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. At 86 WI Coog. Excited for new OC and DC. Looking forward to that de- that Detmer mind working, scheming and creating offensive playbook and exploiting whatever D is played. Ty Detmer said he is ready for the challenge and understands the scrutiny and the expectations that come along with it. He will join us live in Studio B. We're going to ask him what kind of a mentality it will take in a social media-driven world where everybody wants to tell you how to do your job. Yeah, and... Okay, to not get overwhelmed. First-year head coach of the college, you know, calling plays in college. Just what, what kind of prep has gone into that? What kind of pressure does he feel? All kinds of questions. And it's, what are we, 240-ish days away from BYU and Arizona? There's lots of time for Ty to figure this out. In no particular order, we will now address some of the top headlines from that media availability, starting with this. Number one, BYU, in a way, is recruiting Taysom Hill. No, not in a way. Again. Absolutely. They are recruiting him again. Here is Ty Detmer on Taysom Hill. I said it you know, a couple years ago. He's, he's probably the greatest athlete to play the quarterback position here. No offense to Steve Young, but, uh, you know, Taysom's put together a lot better than Steve was. But, um, yeah, go ahead. He gives me a hard time about my chicken legs, so I got to take my shot while I can. Ty's going to throw it right back. I love the media. Ooh. I was like, what? Everyone's reacting. So, like, oh, he took a shot. Oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. The the previous OC did not um, lend himself to such – Types of conversation. So that was very different for the media. In that Only situation. the Samoan fire knife. That's a complete miscalculation. <laughs> I'll miss Say, that. The underlying theme here is when Ty Detmer, the new offensive coordinator, dubs Taysom Hill as the greatest athlete to ever play the position at BYU. Yeah. Clearly, you want that guy back on your roster. If that's how you feel about him, why would you not? Oh, here's my opinion. Acquire all the talent you can, and then you'll figure it out later. Do you think that there are schools, uh, elite schools in the country, that say, you know what, we've got enough quarterbacks. Ask Ohio State. Ask Baylor. They played like five different dudes at the spot this year that weren't even quarterbacks per se. You You just need talent. Acquire talent. So BYU is recruiting Taysom Hill. And we did confirm that not only Taysom Hill, but Jamal Williams, both of those guys are enrolled for winter semester at BYU and were in the team meeting yesterday. Dun, dun, dun. So why is it a good thing to have both Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangan? Because a lot of you have expressed your concern, well, this is bad because it could limit Tanner Mangum. I would argue 100% the other way. This having Taysom Hill in camp, creating a quarterback competition, will make Tanner Mangum better. It will make Taysom Hill better. The more competition you have, can you imagine those practices? 
how intense they are. And there are a lot of questions with this, which we'll have 240 days to break down, which is, will Taysom Hill even be healthy by that point? Yeah, who knows? There's so much. I want Taysom back because I'm just get as many talented guys on the field, on the team as you can, and you'll put them in positions to succeed. Two is better than one, and that's a direct quote from Ty Detmer yesterday. He also isn't that a song too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, two, two. Taylor Swift. Two is better than one unless you're playing dual quarterbacks. That just doesn't work for great success. It doesn't. The, later. We we'll discuss, discuss that. all that yes. later, I promise, yes. later. For the time being, Ty Detmer making his pitch for Taysom Hill, he added this. I mean, Taysom's a great player, and uh, we, we want him back. He's been a leader for this team and unit, and, you know, I, I told the guys today, I said there should be competition at every position, and that's what makes you great. Not that you can't work together through it, and, and everybody just needs to focus on being the best player they can be and let the coaches figure out the rest. Is Taysom Hill a great athlete? Yes. Was he not, the only idiots would argue no. Is Tanner Mangum a great quarterback? Yes. Okay, open up the competition. Enough of that for now. Number two, first team meeting. And what we heard about that specifically from Elisa Tuyaki, the defensive coordinator who will also join us today live in Studio B, he said the players got to see Kalani Satake's real personality. And Ty Detmer said, or, or was it Ed Lamb? Regardless, they said he did a good job of calming them down after he walked in initially, because he said, we saw the guys kind of sit up and, you know, get a little bit tense. He did a good job of calming them down and let his personality show. I thought he said sit up and, you know, more like pay attention. Like, oh, this is official. This is our guy. This is, yeah. They didn't meet Monday. They met Tuesday. So now they're going, right? Now they have four coaches. They're trying to get the rest of the staff, which by the way, that was one of the things that came out was they're still hiring guys. No announcements on other assistant Day-to-day coaches. Day-to-day process. Yeah, but Ty is leading the way on hiring the offensive guys in collaboration, was the term used, uh, with the rest of the coaches and Kalani. Let's talk about Ed Lamb a little bit, the assistant head coach. And some people are like, well, what's the point of having an assistant head coach? What, what does Ed Lamb bring to BYU for Kalani Sataki? It seems too obvious. It's, who's asking this question? It, Kalani's not been a head coach. Ed has. He can help him with the logistics of that. If BYU was only playing football, it might be pretty easy to be the head coach, right? But there's just so much that goes into it. The logistics of uh, weight, strength and conditioning, recruiting uh, logistics. Being a head coach isn't just, okay, let's go for it on fourth down and let's uh, call timeout. It's not? Yeah, so Ed Lamb can help in that regard with Kalani. So Ed Lamb mentioned that he will also coach the tight ends. And speaking of tight ends, and special teams, Ty Detmer said specifically, we want to use the tight ends more. Or at all? They haven't been used that much recently. Remington Peck was a defensive lineman and converted because of that, because of some injuries. But it's, it's refreshing to hear that. Do you have to have an elite tight end to be great in college football? Not necessarily, no. But it, BYU fans, you remember Bronco came in and said, we're going to go back to our roots. Well, BYU is going even further back to its roots with this new Kalani Sataki era by bringing Ty in and by Ty going back to that offense that BYU ran when he was here. I'm going back to my roots. Oh, yeah. yeah. The new single from Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Free publicity right here on BYU Sports Nation. Now, BYU <laughs> will have a balanced offense. And <laughs> I thought it was interesting that the number of passes that Ty Detmer threw against Hawaii his senior year was brought he up. He referenced that, yeah. Yeah. Basically saying, we didn't, we didn't pass it all the time like you think. We didn't throw the ball 60 times a game. Yeah, so we crunched the numbers, and here's our stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Ty Detmer completed an average of 21 of 33 passes per game at BYU. 33 passes per game. Okay, I'll look up here in a second how many Tanner had per game this season. But 21 completions per game. That's a little less than you'd think, right? His, his senior year, that was a little higher. It was 31 of 47. But still, uh, 63.6% completion percentage for Ty's career. Now, you should remember, too, in Ty Detmer's career, the NCAA did not um, keep track of bowl game statistics, I believe, until the 90s, uh, after Ty um, was done. So I don't think Ty's numbers from bowl games, they don't count uh, for his stats. He said that you will see a mix of different formations, both under the center snaps for the quarterback, shotgun stuff, bootleg two, two stuff, back, two mul- back stuff. And he said multiple, which basically means we'll mix it up. Yes. It will be what we think is, is a West Coast pro-style offense with a lot of different looks. Now, the one thing that has become very evident from day number one led by Kalani Satake and reinforced by the three assistants yesterday, is recruiting is number one across the board. The number one. Here is Elisa Tuiaki on that very subject. We're, we're trying to get the best players and trying to get the best fit, and we'll go against anybody and just go get the kids that we feel that we want and that fit in here. And it doesn't matter who's recruiting them. We'll, we'll go after them. I like the confidence. It doesn't matter who's recruiting them. We're going to get after them and get them here. Listen. You're only as good as your players are. You can have good coaches, but what if the players aren't that good? And I just looked up, by the way, Tanner Mangum's numbers from this year. Remember what we said about Ty a moment ago? 21 of 33? This year, Tanner Mangum was 21 of 34 per game. Hmm. Almost spot on what Ty Detmer was in his career in terms of completions to attempts per game. Wild, right? BYU is trying to create an environment of competition within the team to push each other. And they said... There are no promises from the coaches at any position. And why would there be? They don't even know these dudes very well. Elisa Tuiaki wasn't paying attention to the scheme that BYU ran. He was worrying about his own guys at Oregon State last year. Same as Sataki. Detmer was worrying about St. Andrews, his private school in Texas that he was the head coach of. So they come in and they want to foster competition. They want to foster an environment where BYU is going to challenge itself and prepare itself well so that in this 2016 challenging schedule, they can play well. Because it's tough to grasp a new offense and then there's just jump out. Gary Croton, 2001, that is the exception to the rule. BYU started 12-0. I mean, with a brand new offense, brand new coach. Um, I don't see like 12-0 happening this year. Well, who knows? It's, it's, you're, you're opening up with Arizona on the road, not Tulane at home. You know, just for example. The one, one, to the one thing that Elisa Tuiaki said he did pay attention to was the 2016 schedule. He said, oh, I knew about that before, <laughs> I, before Kalani even came to BYU. None of those guys are like, oh, man, this is going to be a real challenge. They all say, oh, I'm excited, which, which is the right attitude. Plus, they came from the Pac-12. It's not, it's not like they're like, ooh, the schedule's really tough. It's just it's the schedule you have <laughs> and you play. <laughs> I love how you said it. Ooh, the schedule's really tough. Oh, no. Was that Adam Sandler? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What was the biggest thing that jumped out to you from the assistant's media availability? At BTeddy89 says, This coaching staff dreamed of being here. To them, this job is so much bigger than just football. They all said, 
Yeah, I wanted to be here. Ed Lamb said it was a dream come true. Ty Detmer said, yeah. from the moment I took the job, I've had butterflies. Rare is the BYU player that doesn't want to come back and be involved in some way after. Rare. At, it, yeah, yeah, at the real Ron Funk. These are BYU guys to the core. BYU guys for 30 years, if not their whole lives, it's a passion, not just a job. Up next, we play Big Deal, No Deal. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation, as it always is, going right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Tell us what you think using the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, Men's Hoops is taking on Santa Clara tomorrow night. Get a nap in 11 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU. You can listen to it right here on BYU Radio as well. Ty Detmer, the new offensive coordinator, will join us in about 15 minutes. Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator, about 15 minutes after that. Our Twitter question today, what was the biggest thing that jumped out to you from the BYU assistance media availability? At Cisco Rue tweets in, it seems like a new era of openness, competitive spirit, and a willingness to build on the successes of the past. We'll ask... Uh... Elisa and Ty about this, but it's interesting because they don't come into a situation where they have to pick up a program that's been in shambles. BYU won nine games last year. They have a lot of talent coming back. It's a great situation for these guys to come into. It's time to play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. All salute to the Dill Pickle. <laughs> did I say did, did I say Dill Pickle right? Uh, uh, did you say Deal Pickle? No, Dill Pickle. Dill. Dill. What the, what's the dill? Dill. And now I can't say D-I-L-L. <laughs> I know. Feel still. You mean Phil Steele? Brady Industries is a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. They are the proud presenters of Big Deal, No Deal. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big Deal, No Deal. Having both Taysom and Tanner on the 2016 team. Oh, absolutely a big deal. It'd be awesome. Like I say, acquire all the talent that you can, and then you'll figure it out later. We'll, trust me, they'll work through the logistics later. That's for them to decide themselves. What would you do? Who would start? We, we will answer that and figure that out later, um, our opinion, and then obviously Ty would have uh, an opinion on that. But, yeah, big deal. This is a big deal because more likely than not, BYU will need both quarterbacks against that schedule in 2016, whether it be injuries or matchup concerns or whatever. It's awesome to have two really good quarterbacks that have two different styles you yeah. can think about that. Planning for both of those guys? Good teams have Ooh. really good quarterbacks. And is Bo Hodge ready to be the backup against that schedule? Bo Hodge. <laughs> Brady Papinga thinks so. There you go. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Having both Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams enrolled in winter semester. I think it's a big deal to get Jamal back in the fold. Um, he was fall semester. He was uh, away training. He can get his knee healthy. Um you know, I, I hope that it's healthy now, but he can be involved in the team. The coaching staff can get to know him. I expected Taysom to be there. Not as big a deal for me, but the fact that they're both in there, I think that's a big deal. This is no deal to me just because until I see them in spring football, the reality of it doesn't hit home. Okay, yeah, yes. But they're like, students, the, Spencer. They need the to step, be in the classroom first. The step is made that they are in classroom, but until I see Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams in BYU uniforms again, for me, it's it's no what deal. What if you saw them in class in a uniform? Does that change it for you then? Yes. <laughs> Number three. 
Big deal, no deal. Not having other position coaches hired yet. No deal. It's been how many days? Uh, 18 or 19 since Kalani Sataki was hired? I, I, no deal for me. It, it takes a little while. You want to make the right choice. I say no deal as well. It just it doesn't matter. Like you shouldn't rush it something like matter. this. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Jerem. BYU That's, doesn't have BYU doesn't the rock have in other the, offensive coaches. It doesn't matter. A kid in my high school comes up to me like my junior. He goes, Hey, do you know what do you know what time it is? And I go, Oh, I think it's three twenty and he interrupts me. It doesn't matter. And just walked away. I was like, What just happened right now? Let them go through the due process through all of the, you know nuances of what it takes to hire the right staff. And at BYU, it takes a little bit longer because if they're LDS, they're, you know, and what it, there's ecclesiastical involved. It just, it's a process. Speaking of position coaches, number four. Big deal, no deal. Guy Holiday being hired at Utah. Uh, I say big deal. I think that's a nice hire for Utah. Some fans wanted uh, Guy Holiday to be retained at BYU. I think BYU will hire a good replacement, but I appreciate what Guy Holiday did here. BYU did a nice job with those receivers. I think Guy's personality was fun. Uh, he was cool to us. So I, I, I applaud you know Utah hiring, a, I think, a good, a good coach. I'm kind of wavering on this one because I can make a case for both, but I will say this is a big deal because, and for the fans primarily, because he, Guy Holiday was a guy that endeared himself to BYU fans. He created a lot of positive motivation. He's a lot of a, all caps tweets. He's a guy that got people excited about the BYU football brand, a non LDS guy that could recruit well in the state of Texas and in the Southwest. He's a guy that's coached 23 different receivers that have at least been on an NFL practice squad at some point. So this is a big deal and a good get for Utah because that, honestly, that receiving core at Utah was a mess last year. This is a good pickup for Utah and a nice raise for Guy Holiday. Number five. Big deal, no deal. Beginning WCC hoops play at one and one. No deal. I don't think that we expected BYU to win at St. Mary's. I think I wanted BYU to compete a little Wait, more. Wait, did you read the tweets after that game? I, I think oh, that a lot of people did expect BYU to it's win at St. So Mary's. It's just so early. BYU plays an 18-game schedule. We played one-ninth of that. They start one and one. If you were to pick two games in conference that BYU is going to lose, you would pick at St. Mary's and at Gonzaga, right? So they lose one that... They've lost traditionally, you know, they won three of the last four against them, but no deal. I'm going to say this is a big deal because BYU picked up the one win on the road, and that was their first true road win. Gee. I don't care that it was against Pacific. Winning on the road was so important for this team just to experience what it's like to win in an opposing gym in conference. By the way, BYU's played one home game the last uh, four weeks. Compare that to St. Mary's, Jerem. They'll play 26 of 29 regular season games or something in California, and they haven't left the Bay Area, and they won't. Until February 4th! Well, they won't leave California until February 4th to play Brigham. <laughs> what? Can you imagine? If BYU played in the state of Utah only, they'd be 12-1, and 10-2. and two Just or like St. Mary's. <laughs> Big Deal, No Deal brought to you by Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. We have Elisa Tuiaki joining us next, and then we will have Ty Detmer. So we will go the defensive side first, and then the offensive coordinator will come to Studio B. Let's get back to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. What was the biggest thing that jumped out to you from the BYU Assistance Media Availability at Shykurt Vlogs? Tweets this. The warm, open nature going to make a huge difference in the homes of 
recruits. Yeah, I think in the first uh, press conference or media availability or whatever, that generally it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Everyone's going to feel great. It's hard to come out of that feeling frustrated. You know, no games have been played. No one lost or anything. But I do think that this uh, staff so far, I think Tuyaki is a good interview. I think Detmer is fantastic. I think uh, Sitake is very uh, genuine. I think Lamb is like the seasoned vet among this group. So it'll be exciting to see these six other personalities mixed in there. And does BYU retain Paul Tidwell and Steve Kafusi? We still have to answer that question. The first of those three was answered today with Guy Holiday, if you missed it, uh, being named the receivers coach at Utah. At Ryben 3, there's a lot to be excited about. It seems like the staff is humble, hungry, and ready for a daunting 2016 schedule. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Looking at the slate of opponents in 2016, nobody on this staff is like, man, this is going to be super crazy challenge. No, it's like, let's go, man. Let's go. BYU has talent to match it. Plus, Arizona was, you know, six or seven win team. West Virginia, eight wins. At Utah, it's there are big names. They're not like a bunch of top 15 teams on there, though. BYU can hang in there. Joining us next, Elisa Tuiaki, BYU's new defensive coordinator, makes his debut in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The season opener for number one BYU men's volleyball is Friday night against number three Loyola, who has won the the last two national championships out of Chicago, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And if you missed it, we uh, mentioned the news that senior setter Tyler Heap, who started 35 games uh, the last two seasons, has left the team. Sophomore Leo Durkin is expected to make his first career start at setter for the Cougars on Friday night. Should be a fun environment. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The three new BYU football assistant coaches met with members of the media yesterday afternoon at the BYU football offices. We gave you our top thoughts and the best moments from those interviews early in the show. You can download the podcast on iTunes to hear that full conversation. Guy Holiday is the new receivers coach at the University of Utah that announced uh, a little earlier today and reported yesterday by Sports Illustrated. He's already tweeting in all caps with a Utah helmet. Of course he is. He hasn't changed. <laughs> BYU will meet Utah in week two, by the way, September 10th in Salt Lake. I believe his initial tweet as a Utah coach included the words, the passion stays the same. <laughs> so former Cougs at Utah in that game, Kyle Whittingham, Aaron Roderick, Guy Holiday as a coach, yeah, among others. Today is the NBA D-League Showcase. The Westchester Knicks and Jimmer Fredette play the Texas Legends at 3 Eastern in Santa Cruz, California. And with that, we welcome the new defensive coordinator at BYU to Studio B, Elisa Tuiaki. Coach, welcome. You should be very scared about what's going to happen next. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. <laughs> Let's start with this. What? What was it like for you growing up in Provo, walking to games at BYU, and now as you juxtapose that with being the defensive coordinator? Yeah, it's it's crazy, crazy, but uh, really, really surreal, um, you know, dream come true, really. And, and not even a dream. I didn't think that it would ever be possible, you know, just big, big fan. And, um, you know, I'm here working now, which is really, it's a cool thing. So I'm excited. I watched a video of you in an MMA fight. How was your MMA career? Did you play rugby too? Oh, yeah, I played rugby. I tried to do everything. And I was, I was like 
jack of all trades, master of none. That was me. <laughs> so yeah. Back then, now it's different. Now master of something. Master of something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was fun. I just got done playing football um, at Southern Utah. Got back and I was student teaching at Kearns High School, and um, you know just decided I still wanted to compete in in some way, and I started going to the gym boxing with Sione uh, Pouha. Um, he's a, he's he's uh, passed away now, but he had sons that were professional boxers and one that was training to to be professional. I just jumped in with them and. And uh, looked out the ring, and I saw a couple of people rolling around. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> so I decided to go try that out and, and just uh, ended up in the ring somehow. Um, and it was fun, fun while it lasted. But that, that's one of my hobbies now. I really like, you know, I enjoy MMA. I just enjoy the arts, you know, um, learning different techniques about all the different things and different parts of the world that different arts come from. That's, that's a, kind of a hobby of mine now. What kind of an influence will that backdrop of MMA and and the the technicalities of such a demanding sport play in how you approach coaching the BYU defense? I, I think the biggest carryover is really in the trenches, you know, where it's a hand-to-hand combat type deal. Um, and that, that's really, uh, at least with my experience with coaching the defensive line when I was at Utah, um, that, that's, it, it helps a lot, you know, but, uh, that's really where most of the carryover comes, you know, obviously you're not going to go back and tee off on somebody and try to kick them in the leg or anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you yeah, know, please, mo- yeah. please don't do that. BYU football <laughs> players. <laughs> when you, when you, uh, think about being the defensive coordinator, what kind of feelings, um, come to mind and, and do you have in your first year? Humble, excited, a little scared, um, just a, a bunch of mixed feelings, um, you know. Uh, think they even thinking back to just family and and uh, you know, grateful for for people in my life that have helped me get here, um, and excited, you know, really really excited for the future. Let's talk about some of your influences um, as you have now built your resume up and are going to take over the coordinating duties on the defensive side of the ball, at BYU. Who who has influenced you and helped you get to where you are right now? Kalani, Kalani Sitake is, uh, you know, uh, first and foremost, you know, so he was, uh, he coached me when I was playing running back at Southern Utah, and then he moved over and coached the offensive line. So he coached me. Gary Anderson was the head coach when I played. Um, and then after that, I, I came and I was a graduate assistant for Kalani on the on the defensive side. Uh, Gary Anderson was the defensive coordinator. Kalani was a linebacker's coach, and I actually coached uh, a linebacker spot. And so learned a lot from those at, guys. At Utah? At Utah. Yeah. At Utah. Learned a lot from them. Um, ended up going to, to Utah State. And, you know, Gary was always involved on in both sides of the balls. And so he was a big influence as well. And then when we came back, got to know Kyle Whittingham a lot more during three years that I was there. One on offense, two on defense. And so, he, you know, he had influence on me as well, learning from those guys. So I think those three were the biggest influences um, when it comes to football and just X's and O's. And, you know, obviously all the other assistant coaches that I was involved with, um, you know, both on both sides of the ball. You know, there's there's a lot of good defensive minds that have been around. You, you guys made it clear yesterday that you're still carving out kind of roles and specifics with a lot of things, still mm-hmm. hiring guys and all that kind of thing. Um, but have you figured out that are you going to call the plays on game day or, or could Kalani be involved? Still? We're, we're still working that out, still working it out. Um, you know, we, we really we haven't talked about it yet, but um, I'm, I'm – uh, humble enough and have no ego where if Kalani decides his first year he wants to, then great. If he feels like I'm ready, then great. I feel like I'm ready, but, you know, I think that we've got to do what's best for the team and Kalani will make that decision and I'm game whatever it is. What is your biggest challenge 
right now as the defensive coordinator? Um, recruiting is really the big thing, and that's all that we've been thinking about uh, for this next month. It's going to be all about recruiting. Um, as far as taking care of the kids in the program now, that, that's a big deal. But all I really care about right now is just academics, making sure those kids are set up um, you know, to go to school, have all the resources that they need to, to succeed in the classroom. Um, football will take care of itself, and, and it always does, especially if you take care of academics and we can get the right kids in the program. So we're going to recruit, make, care, make sure these kids are taken care of in the classroom. Um, they're going to start working out and, you know, beat the crap out of them a little bit and <laughs> we'll compete and, you know, it, we'll, we'll talk trash to each other, you know, on the other side of the ball and take shots and all that stuff. But uh, I think the biggest thing right now is just recruiting and, and taking care of academics. With that said, it seems like you have a, a tougher job right now because you're, you're trying to hire the staff <clears throat> and be involved in that, yet do recruiting, let alone who's going to call the plays on game day, right? That's like down the road. <laughs> yeah. How are you managing all of that right now? Day by day, you know, one thing at a time. And uh, just, you know, it, it, it's, it's about taking care of these kids. And so um, all, all the other things, I think, will take care of themselves. And, and really, it's, it's a little not to say it's trivial, but there, there, there are things that are, are in the back of my mind that aren't in, as important as, uh, as being able to find out you know, better ways to take care of the kids and actually take care of them, whether they're here now or whether we're recruiting them and bringing them in. I know there's been a lot of conversation about, well, Bronco ran a base 3-4 defense for more than a decade, three down linemen, four linebackers, and you bring a wealth of expertise with four down linemen and three linebackers, a 4-3 base does it does it really matter that much? I mean, how much of a scheme change is it to go from a three four to a four three? Um, it's it's not. I think that uh, I think that uh, it's harder to tag where you're coming from as far as your blitzes and different ways that you rush four people when you're in an odd front in in a, in a three four. Um, but it's I think you're a lot more effective. As far as rushing the pass, you're faster if you're in a four down. And 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 you go back and look, and I've from the film that I've watched, you know, Bronco did both. You know, he went from three to four, four to three, and uh, had creative ways to bring four people as well as blitz and play man and zone and all that. And so we'll we'll do a little bit of both. And really, you know, it's there's not much of a difference. It's really just uh, I think making sure that your kids can do it. You know, and so if you're running a bunch of schemes that are just look good on the board and the kids can't do it then you know it doesn't work and so finding out what uh, their skill set is and making sure that they can do it is the big thing what's it like right now as you try and just get to know the players it's it's they're they're really good group kids you know um I'm, I'm, i've met with a lot of them individually i'm getting to know them you know they're kind of feeling out what, what type of people we are as well as you know us with them and so it's it's been fun um it's been different from other places that I've been just because the kids, I mean, you had a big, uh, big group of kids that are returned missionaries. You get uh, kids that are married, you know, the dynamics are a little bit different. And so I think that the maturity level is a little bit different from other teams that I've been a part of, but it's, uh, it's been good. I've really enjoyed it. How's name retention? I'm awful with names. <laughs> he, he told me your name hey, right before you, I walked in. Get over yeah, here. Yeah, and I came in. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to remember that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing my best to try to remember, and it takes time. I'm so bad with names. But 
Not even hours. I'm just saying the players. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Hey, man, guy. <laughs> he, he literally told me your names right before I walked in, and I whispered to him when I walked through the doors, like, I'm I not going to remember forgot. that. <laughs> yeah. no, it's all good. So I'm, I'm starting to remember names. I've seen kids on TV and all that and, you know, trying to match them up. But it'll, it'll come. And once it does come, I will say that, once it does come and I know somebody, I normally don't forget. Okay, you might not know his name, but uh, what's the biggest personality you have encountered in meeting players? Maybe you could just describe him if you can't remember his name. <laughs> biggest personality so far has has probably been Jamal, and he's not on the defensive side of the ball, but he's uh, he, he's a uh, he's got he's a firecracker. He's got a good personality. Um, came in and was kind of taking jabs and I actually saw <laughs> saw him when I was leaving the building to come here and you know commenting on what I was wearing and you know looking cute and all that I was like shut up man. <laughs> so he's uh, he's uh, yeah he's, he seems like a really really good kid it's begun yep uh, when when you look at the challenge ahead, what excites you about this opportunity? As you, as you have so much to do right now, but ultimately you're going to play some games. It's it's everything, you know. Everything excites me. I'm excited to be a coordinator. I'm excited to be here, uh, you know, in, in the place that I grew up. I'm excited to work with these kids. Really, really excited about the schedule. I'm excited to work for Kalani Sitake. I'm excited to put this, uh, you know, the staff together. And uh, you know, have kids have have a staff that'll take care of kids. I'm you know everything about this program, about the move, about what's going on is is exciting. You mentioned yesterday, joking or not, that you're you know still starstruck by Ty. Being on the show. <laughs> did you know he's going to be on the show today with us? I did. Isn't that awesome, yeah, man. I did. Yep. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> Ty is awesome, man. Good good people in the room so far. Elisa Tuiake, the new defensive coordinator at BYU, with us on BYU Sports Nation. How did your family take all of this with another transition moving again now back to Provo? So I, I put it, I, I knew what was going to happen, you know, obviously, and I put it up to a vote to my kids. I have six kids, um, you know, a baby, and then the rest of, you know, six year old. How'd the 13. baby vote? The baby just wanted food, you know. The baby's like that. I don't care where we go, just I want to eat, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, my kids really liked it out there. They were starting to, to, you know, find friends and all that stuff, which takes about a year, I think, until they're comfortable. And so they were torn, but wife was doing backflips when when she found out we were going to come back because it's home for her. All her siblings are here. Um, You know, all my siblings are here except for one. And so it's, you know, it's home for us. And so family was really, really excited to get back. You talked about how you followed BYU and kind of knew the schedule already. Um, how, how much did you kind of have time to watch games or pay attention to what was going on? Uh, you know, <clears throat> when you're in during the fall, you're kind of doing your deal and coaching, but you still try to, you know, TiVo some games and watch them and fast forward through the commercials. And, and I do that with the teams that I normally followed. Um, and so I, you know, I, I knew what was what was going on here. Um, followed it, probably not as in-depth as other people, but I was really interested to see how they were playing, you know, how, how they were competing against Power 5 teams and uh, how they were reacting, you know, all those things. Let's finish with this. Jamal said that you looked cute today, and I know that that's a direct <laughs> quote, knowing Jamal. You should see him. He's cute. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite bit of BYU swag that you've gotten since you've become the defensive coordinator? Oh, the swag. I don't know. It's all it's all good. It's all good. I don't I don't have one that I've picked out that's a favorite yet. I wear the hoodie a lot. You know the I don't know. I'm a hoodie guy, but um, yeah, probably the hoodie is the swag. The hats are nice. I have a golf hat. 
Excited and it's to go all play golf. free for you. It is free for now. <laughs> <laughs> it is free until all my siblings walk in and take it all. Then I have yeah, to buy exactly. more stuff. Yeah, now That's the reality of it. He knows movie. Nike. He was just in Oregon, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Eli Satuiaki, the new defensive coordinator on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, it's been uh, great to talk to you, Coach. I look forward to a very fun, bright, successful future. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks you, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the offensive coordinator Ty Detmer will join us, but not before Coach Tuiaki signs our stretch Y flag as a guest in Studio B. First MMA fighter to sign the flag. <laughs> That's <laughs> you what get we need. Jan to sign it. That's it. Exactly. exactly. Stay with us, Ty Detmer. Up next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan doing it live. From Studio B, if you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Hey, Saturday night, BYU Men's Hoops is back in action. They play Santa Clara Thursday, then Saturday, San Francisco, 9 Eastern time, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Joining us now in our coordinator special is the new offensive coordinator at BYU and 1990 Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer. Ty, welcome to Studio B. Thanks. Great to be here. Is it really great to be here? It's great to be in Provo. (laughs) (laughs) So what was your initial thought when you were first contacted about potentially coming back to BYU and being the offensive coordinator? Well, you know, when I was first contacted, it was just kind of seeing if the timing was right now. You know, I've talked in the past and had people contact me in the past, and it was more just kind of feeling me out, I think. You know, is the timing right? And Kind of, you know, well, I wouldn't say no. Um, you know, depending on the capacity and who's going to be the head coach and what that situation looks like. So it was more of a just a feel phone call, you know. What kind of relationship did you have with Kalani Sataki already? Uh, you know, I knew of Kalani. Um, I knew he had played here and, and heard a lot of good things about him, especially, you know, as a defensive coordinator and things. But I really hadn't uh, really talked to him much. And so uh, we talked, you know, before he was announced as the head coach and kind of felt like we needed to at least uh, get to know each other a little bit here and, and not have a prearranged marriage, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted him to want me, you know, and, and not everybody else want me here and and he's stuck with me so you know we talked quite a few times and uh, got to know each other and just felt really comfortable with him and and the vision he was bringing the time demand is obvious for uh, a position like this but you were a high school head coach and I imagine we're very busy in in Texas so how does your your time shift uh, differ now that you're the offensive coordinator at BYU? Well, it's uh, much more demanding. You know, we're, we're meeting on recruiting every day and making sure, you know, we got the guys that are committed still coming and and uh, any possible guys that, that want to maybe change their mind other places. So, you know, we're, we're in the process of all that hot and heavy right now and then figuring out, okay, you know, starting, you know, the end of next week we'll start getting to go do home visits. And uh, that's something, you know, I'm looking forward to, to, to getting to know the players and their families and, and uh, promote what BYU is all about. And so uh, that's, that's taking a lot of time. When we get our staff settled, I think uh, things will slow down a little bit. You know, we're still interviewing guys and want to make sure we go through the process and, and get the right guys in place. And then, uh, you know, then it'll start getting ready for spring ball. You, <laughs> you know? sleeping and, much? Not much, no. Uh, I wake up in cold sweats sometimes, you know. I, I know the magnitude of it all, and but, you know, at the same time, it's an opportunity that I didn't feel like I could pass up and was super excited to be a part of. Did you imagine at any point in the past that, or, or have that desire, oh, I want to be the OC at BYU? You know, I, I 
kind of always left the door open. You know, I never closed the door. Um, I was really enjoying what I was doing at St. Andrews, but, um, you know, it comes a point where you feel like, it, you know, okay, it's kind of now or never. And, uh, if you're gonna, you know, go throw your hat in the ring, uh, now's the time. And, you know, felt like, uh, you know, with family situation and where my daughters are at, that this was a good time for us to make that move and, and the right people in place and, and, uh, just excited all the way around. We've heard guys like Brett Favre and Michael Vick talk about, you know, how much they valued your friendship and your tutelage uh, at the NFL level. So I imagine that other coaching opportunities have arisen or been presented to you at some point. How many different opportunities did you have to go coach the collegiate ranks or, or even in the pro ranks before BYU? Well, you know, my agent that represented me when I was playing, he's, you know, he represents coaches and he's always, you know, every year he calls, are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? I got some places that be great for you, you know, and would love to have you and things like that. But I, you know, nobody really ever offered me a job or said, Hey, this is yours if you want it. You know, I never really ever went out searching for things either. You know, I, I just was content and enjoying having a little time, um, you know, not playing football and, and just, uh, enjoying the family time and all the other activities I wanted to do. But, um, so, you know, I don't know how many opportunities really were there, but, um, you know, there were a couple opportunities where, you know, Southern Virginia came and they wanted me to be the head coach at one point. And, and, uh, so, you know, there, there's been some opportunities, but you never know how serious people are until you actually really start <laughs> getting down to the nitty gritty. You mentioned the the cold sweats, you know, in the middle of the night. What kind of <laughs> feelings do you have when you think about calling plays for BYU in games? You know, um, that's something I'm, I'm excited about. You know, I know there's a process that goes to it, and you got to be ready to go and organized and have your call sheet ready to go. And, and uh, from there, you know, football is a lot about in-game adjustments. And you're going to prepare for things, and then you're going to get in the game, and you're going to see something totally different. So you've got to have a type of system that can handle – multiple uh, defenses and, and stunts and pressures and all those things uh, that you're going to see. So, you know, I think one of the things being a backup quarterback in the NFL, you're the guy on the sideline that they're coming to, hey, what did you see? What are they doing that's different? And how do we go about, you know, attacking it? And so uh, I feel like that background really helps with in-game adjustments and being able to say, okay, here's what they're doing. We need to get to this, you know, and and so, you know, I, I feel like that's probably one of the strengths. Um, but, you know, time will tell. And uh, it's a different ball game than, than high school ball. Obviously, you're going to see more stuff. And we'll have more stuff, though. So, you know, it's an exciting time. And and uh, can't wait to get to that first game because, you know, right now it's just all the logistical things that are going on. And, and I just want to coach football. You know, I want to be around the guys and help them uh, be successful and so that's what I'm looking forward to. Does it feel like you're starting a business or something where, yeah, you want to just, I just want to make money. I want to get to the games. We have, I, yeah. Hire everybody and recruit. We haven't even hardly talked football yet. You know, it's been all <laughs> recruiting and coaching staff and all these things. And man, I, I want to talk some football here pretty soon. So um, looking forward to that part of it. The social media and Twitter generation didn't exist when you played quarterback at BYU. Now, it seems like you've embraced it. You've got a solid Twitter following and presence. 
So are, are you ready for every and any BYU fan to tell you how to do your job better? <laughs> I'll probably just scroll through that pretty quickly. Um, you know, most of it now is you have to be on it for recruiting purposes, you know. Yeah. so Oh, it's a huge part. Yeah, it's it's probably the main part now. You know, most kids, are all they do is instant message. And so um, that's the real reason for being on it. I probably won't post much, you know, nowadays. Uh, before it was kind of hunting pictures and things like that and and so it'll be more to follow the the recruits and uh you know probably just scroll through quickly and pick up the highlights <laughs> legacy matters a lot to some people and obviously you know you had as as great a legacy as you can have as a player um as a coach maybe that's different maybe it mixes I don't did that play a role in any way um in coming here or not yeah I mean it was something I I thought long and hard about you know it's nice to have a place to come back to where people like you and uh you know <laughs> people are happy to see you in town and you know may not be that way after the season but um you know I I've you know kind of weighed all those options and and knew that you know I mean it, the fans here are great, and obviously, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion on what should have been called or what should have been done. But, um, you know, I think I'll, I'll always have, you know, the people, you know, that enjoyed me as a player still enjoy the things we did as a player. And so, um, you know, that part of it, you can sit there and, and rest on your laurels and, and just kind of, you know, ride it out into the sunset and never really push yourself. And this was something that I feel like is going to challenge me and push me and, and help me be a better person, a better father, better husband, and, and uh, something that I felt like needed to happen. BYU offensive coordinator Ty Detmer with us in Studio B. The quarterback situation is kind of, uh, well, it's a unique one uh, with uh, the uncertainty of Taysom Hill and, and Tanner Mangum and what he did winning nine games. So why would having both of those guys be the best thing for BYU football? Well, you can't have enough good players. I mean, you know, they're both uh, did some really good things, and everybody knows what Taysom's capable of. And a uh, matter of keeping him healthy, you know, he's a, he's a guy we want around, and we want on the team, and we want, you know, his athleticism to shine and, and to, you know, be as big a part of it as he can. And then, uh, you know, knowing you have Tanner sitting there that, man, came in and did some really good things as a true freshman, showed a lot of poise. Uh, we know he's going to be a great player. And, uh, you know, it's a situation where that's my job you know they just go play and they be the best players they can be and and worry about you know what they can control and then the coaches decide what's going to happen but um you know you can't have enough good players on a football team and and it's just going to be good for the team to have both of them there because you know you're going to need them both at some point probably Ty, it's been great to have you. Uh, we hope that Studio B will be a place of solace and comfort for you as uh, you move forward. We'd like you to sign our flag before you take off. You bet. Sounds good. Ty Detmer, the new offensive coordinator at BYU. Up next, we put a bow on this coordinator special show. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The signature going up. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Future guests include Greg Swain, Ed Lamb, the other assistant coach, and Terry Nashif of BYU Basketball, not to mention Sean Olmstead, the coach of the number one ranked BYU men's volleyball team. If you missed it, Ty Detmer was just on the show. Some interesting things to say, um, things that stuck out. I wake up in cold sweat sometimes because I know the magnitude of it all. He also mentioned with legacy, he understands there could be people that you know, aren't as happy. They're as, happy to see me. It might not be that way next yeah. year. And he thinks the people that liked him as a player will still like him as a player. Yeah, it's this is so Ty's compelling. King, Ty's so compelling. King of Provo, man.
Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who are we giving the Rise and Shout to today? Ty Detmer. He's back at BYU. Every every BYU fan's excited about that, and I think he's going to do a good thing. Our elite tweet of the day from at jmort007. What was the biggest thing he took away from the media availability? We're going to fight for Taysom Hill. Detmer versus Young is real. More <laughs> aggressive defense and Rover assistant head coach. Amen. I like it. Thanks to our guests, Eliza Tuiaki and Ty Detmer. Show on demand. Download the podcast. For Jerem, I'm Spencer.